Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to Unquestionable with Calvin Smith. I'm your host, Calvin. <clears throat> I'm really happy to have you guys here again, as always. I love talking to you guys and essentially teaching you guys some stuff. I mean, I love doing that. And before I get into the, today's topic, which is going to be about the being known as Viracocha and whether he was a myth or legend, a real legend, I wanted to do a couple quick announcements. So if you're not already, follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Unquestionable with Calvin Smith. You can find me on YouTube, Unquestionable Podcast. Give me a sub over there uh, and like all my videos, share them with your friends. Find me on Instagram at Unquestionable Podcast. And I'm on Discord too, Unquestionable Calvin, which all of this, of course, I'm going to link in the description of the podcast at the end. And I wanted to let you guys know also, I made a new logo. I actually figured I was getting some, you know, new listeners and I was growing. So I figured it was time to upgrade my logo at least a little bit. So I did branch out. I got a new one. I'm sure if you already follow me on social media, you'll be aware of that. But yeah, it's, it's essentially the same logo. It's just a little bit of an upgrade so that I feel like it'll fit a little bit better if I decide to put it onto like a t-shirt or a hat or a hoodie, something of that matter in the near future. I think it'd be pretty cool, but yeah, I mean, I figured it'd be nice to uh, rep me even when you're not listening to me. You know, that way you can go out, wear my merch and say, you know, look at this cool ass shirt that I just got. This unquestionable Calvin guy. Boy, he's cool. Um, <laughs> probably not, but I figured it's worth a shot. But yeah, keep an eye out for that. Hopefully in the near future, I'm looking to maybe at least get a hat or so out there. That'd be really cool. So I wanted to let you guys know also this past week, I was on the UFO No podcast with Ben and Blind Mike. And man, we had a really awesome time. We had a, a, a really long conversation. We talked about previous guests we've had. We talked a little bit about religion, uh, what would happen if aliens were to suddenly show up, talked street epistemology too. And uh, I mean, of course we talked UFOs in the upcoming, well, I guess now released UFO report, which was severely disappointing if I do say so myself, but honestly, it's exactly what I was expecting it to be. But yeah, that actually came out literally minutes after we finished the podcast, interesting enough. So yeah, that's kind of it for announcements, guys. Uh, I'm going to link UFO No in the description of the podcast as well so that you can go check them out. Go give them some love. They have some really interesting content and really cool guests on just like me. They they really do the same thing that I do. They're skeptics and they want to know as many true things, as few false things as possible. And that comes through questioning. So they literally do the same thing as me, guys. So I really think you would enjoy them. So go check them out. I'll make sure to link them in the description. But that's it for announcements, guys. I wanted to kind of get into a little bit of background on me and why I'm interested in this Vera Kocha character and why I felt like I needed to make a podcast about it. So I remember being in about sixth grade, sixth, seventh grade, and we were learning about like Chichen Itza and Machu Picchu, uh, you know, these ancient civilizations from Mesoamerica that are in, uh, you know, Peru and Bolivia, Mexico, all that kind of general area. And we got onto the topic of, Chichen Itza, and we started talking about Quetzalcoatl. And as a 12-year-old, I was like, holy shit, Quetzalcoatl is really cool. A giant feathered serpent that, I mean, he just looks really cool in his depictions. So I really just kind of thought he was cool at first. But um, what really kind of really set in stone that, I mean, I even decided I wanted like a tattoo of Quetzalcoatl, which hasn't gotten there yet, but eventually I do still plan on it. Whole back piece, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, we got into talking about Chichen Itza and the Pyramid of Kukulkan in my history class. And 
I learned that on March 20th to the 21st on the spring equinox, there's a shadow that casts on the pyramid of Kukulkan and descending down the staircase of the pyramid is Quetzalcoatl. He's engraved in stone descending down the staircase. And when the spring equinox sun hits it, it actually makes it look like from the shadows that the snake is slithering down the stairs. It's really freaking cool. And I'll try to post pictures of it on social media so that you guys can check it out too. Really interesting stuff. And so once I saw that and saw pictures of it, I was like, holy shit, I love this. And so I like to think that that was kind of the the catalyst for where the, the basis of why I love ancient civilizations is literally Quetzalcoatl. And Quetzalcoatl relates to Viracocha in some ways, and I'm going to, well, in many ways, actually, and we're going to get real deep down into it in a minute, but yeah, essentially, Quetzalcoatl, about four years ago is when I started really looking into mythologies and the ancient societies of ancient Mesoamerica and learned of Viracocha while I was studying Quetzalcoatl, and the fact that they're really the same person, just from two different societies, guys. I mean, they're depicted the same. Once again, I'm going to get deep down into it, but they're essentially the same person. And like I said, I think you'll understand the connection once I start talking about the plausibility of whether uh, Viracocha may have indeed been a real person or if he was just another myth, uh, another flood story. And I'm going to cover as much as possible in this podcast, but you guys, I'm going to be missing some info. I really tried to dig up as much as I could on this and even some, uh, there's multiple myths and stories about him. It's really hard to kind of get a concrete story as to who Viracocha was, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to have some plot holes in here. I, it's just a given and guys, I'm not here to teach you every single thing about Viracocha. If you're interested in what I have to say today, I encourage everybody to please go do your own research. Don't listen to just one single person on the internet. You guys got to get a consensus of what is going on. So if you're interested in the moon landing, go research the moon landing. Fi figure out for yourself whether you think it's true or not. You know, if you like the JFK assassination, go research it. Don't just listen to the, you know, just research it yourself. Um, that's all I'm going to say today, guys, is, I mean, I'm going to inform you as much as possible. But once again, I encourage everyone to do their own research. But with that... I wanted to talk about a little bit about why this Vera Coach character really caught my eye. And when I started um, researching stuff that Graham Hancock talks about, I actually started reading the uh, fingerprints of the gods. I actually have uh, the fingerprints, magicians, and America before all sitting on my bookshelf right over here. And once I got into, I mean, Graham Hancock has an entire chapter on this Vera Coach character in fingerprints of the gods. And Viracocha is described as being a white-skinned, bearded man of large stature. Not quite giant, necessarily, but he was larger looking. And he carried mysterious objects or tools to help him perform miracles. He wore sandals, he had a long white robe, and a belt to complete the whole look. And his hair was sometimes described as being white, and he's because he was said to be over middle aged, but not like an old man. He just was, you know, a little, probably like, uh, you know, 50s ish, 55, 60 ish. And he's sometimes described as having either white hair or like a strawberry blonde hair, or he's depicted having like a strawberry blonde hair. And honestly, guys, that's, that's 
pretty unheard of in that uh, area of, of ancient Mesoamerica is that, I mean, people with in that area couldn't grow beards. It was the interesting part, let alone have white skin or blue eyes. I actually forgot to mention that is that this man had blue eyes as well. Um, blue eyes that, that that's what really got me. Um, so yeah, Viracocha, I'm going to a very quick rundown of, of what he is, is, is he's an Incan legend that he essentially was the creator God of everything. And he, he, ventured throughout all of South America and some of uh, Mexico and was spreading the word of how to build a, a better civilization. And I'll get into a little bit more about his exact story. But yeah, Viracocha was known by many names throughout South America and uh, of course Mexico. And I'm going to name through some of these names. I'm going to let you guys know. I'm I might mispronounce them, but I've been practicing a couple of them, and I like to think that I'm I'm pretty good at pronouncing some of these. So Viracocha was known by multiple names, and this first one you'll recognize from my intro, the Pyramid of Kukulkan, because Kukulkan was one name that Viracocha was known by. He also was known by names such as Ihekatol, Quetzalcoatl, Gukumats, Kantiki, Kantiki Viracocha, Tepak, Pachacan, Ila, Huiracocha, Thanupa, Atun Viracocha, and Kantiti Viracocha Pachiachachik. But I'm going to refer to him as Viracocha. Um, damn, I nailed that last name, right? I mean, Jesus Christ, you look at that name, and that's that's a that's a lot of A's and a lot of CH's. <laughs> Pachiachachik. I like saying that, but sorry, being a dork. But yeah, I'm going to refer to him as Viracocha or Viracoca. Um, he's it's kind of pronounced two different ways, but. Yeah, because Viracocha is kind of the, I think that that's really the base being, like that is the original. Uh, and then all the other names kind of came afterwards. Is my That's my personal belief. Whether that's true or not, you guys tell me. But yeah, a little bit of background on the Inca. Is the Inca were known to be, I mean, they had a reputation for having quote unquote divine support. And for virtually being unstoppable in battle, they were so powerful. And not to mention, their population at its high point was upwards of 12 million people. Guys, that's 12 million. Like, that's so many. I honestly didn't pull up any statistics of any modern cities. But, I mean, that's that's something equivalent to, um, you know, to a large city today. I mean, that's that's incredible. And their society spanned from Ecuador to Chile, which is a very, very large empire. And... I pulled this little blip from GrahamHancock.com, and I'm going to kind of, uh, I'm, I'm just going to read the, the quote straight up. Why not? Let's just do that. So this quote is from GrahamHancock.com, and this was actually written by Brian Forrester, so, uh, who I've had on the show before. And I would love to have Brian on again sometime, and maybe we can just spend a whole episode talking about Viracocha and these different um, mythological beings. But anyways, the quote goes, quote, Deemed to have been the ancestor of the Inca, Viracocha, it was he who created the first Sapa Inca, or High Inca, and uh, Manco Capac, as well as his full-blood sister and wife, Mama Aklo, from the waters of Lake Titicaca and told them to move from that place and create a new civilization. So, really interesting. So, really, this Viracocha was the first 
being essentially and he created these kings and queens which that's what the sapa incas are is that they they're really just the king or queen and um yeah and then they that kind of branched off into the inca society it, they really interesting kind of creator story i guess and the inca were the last of the priest kings and queens of tiwanaku uh i'm sorry tiwanaku in western Bolivia, which is about 13 miles from the shores of Lake Titicaca and thousands of years ago rested on the shoreline of what would have been a vastly larger lake. So thousands of years ago, Lake Titicaca was much larger. But yeah, a little bit more background on the Inca is, I mean, in 1532, Francisco Pizarro and, and his band of 160, I think it was 168 to be exact, soldiers captured the last of the Sapa Inca uh, I'm going to try to pronounce his name, Atahualpa. Atahualpa. There we go. That's it. Atahualpa. And they executed him, unfortunately. And uh, this almost brought the immediate downfall of the Inca society. I mean, the, the, it was the downfall of the military, religion. Essentially, these Europeans wanted to bring Christianity over. And they wanted to just eliminate this weird mythology that they were following. Um, but conquistador Pedro Pizarro, who's actually the first cousin of Francisco Pizarro, reported his in his account of the great Spanish invasion of South America in the 1500s, that while the masses of the Andes Indians were small and dark, the members of the ruling Inca family were taller and had whiter skins than the Spaniards themselves. He mentions in particular certain individuals in present-day Peru who were white and had red hair. Pedro Pizarro actually asked who these white-skinned, red-headed people were, and the Inca Indians replied that they were the last descendants of Viracochas. Uh, the Viracochas, they said, were a divine race of white men with beards, and were so like the Spanish that the Europeans were called Viracochas the moment they came to the Inca Empire. The Incas really thought that the Viracochas had come back. You know, they were they were coming back. And uh, yeah, that's really the story of the Inca. Unfortunately, they thought that the Spanish were the Viracocha coming back. And so they welcomed them with open arms and the Spanish has slaughtered them. I mean, and it's, it's really sad that that happened. That really was the downfall of this amazing civilization known as the Inca. Um, they built many different structures and it's just, it's really sad, honestly, because the things that they left over are just incredible. The, the things that they were able to do, um, man, like to think that if you if you could have talked to a real Incan back then, that the things, what they would say. But yeah, as I said before, um, I read in Fingerprints of the Gods that there's a whole chapter about Viracocha that Graham Hancock, um, you know, talks about. And the myth includes, actually, a depiction of a thick black rain. And black rain is actually universal with the flood myths that um, at least Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson had studied. And they bring this up, too, in Magicians of the Gods, the sequel to Fingerprints. And they talk about how this black rain and flooding was very prevalent with flood myths. It, I mean, duh, flood and flooding, duh. But... Yeah, it's really the same story throughout the Andes. Flood, devastation, destroying mankind, blocking out the sun, black rain or mud rain, and then a being appears from 
the the catastrophe. He he survives and rebuilds civilization. That's synonymous throughout all of really the entire world, honestly. And yeah, Viracocha appears and he teaches how to build these amazing structures with immaculate precision, guys. I mean, if you look at Cusco or Machu Picchu or um, uh, what what else is there? Um, uh, Tiwanaku, the the precision they were able to do, guys, with these drill holes. I, I We still don't know how they did it today. But Viracocha also taught animal husbandry and how to domesticate some animals medicine and they even taught them the the art of writing and how to actually write and according to the inca they actually forgot how to do this um so that's that's really interesting they, they actually forgot something that the that the viracocha taught them but let's kind of jump into real deep in viracocha so who was viracocha exactly and why is he such a big deal to the inca people Viracocha is known as the creator god to the Inca people, as I said before, and he's the father of all Inca gods, and it was he who formed the earth, heavens, sun, moon, and all living beings. He was also considered the god of wind, rain, and water, and he created the sun and moon and stars from the waters of Lake Titicaca. So it's really interesting that a lot of this Viracocha myth circulates around Lake Titicaca, but because I'll get more into it. You'll understand. But yeah, Viracocha came during a time of chaos. And like I said earlier, he was known to wield terrible, powerful weapons, both for cultivating crops and building architecture, as well as vanquishing enemies if needed. And he was worshipped by literally all civilizations, not just the Inca. And that's what I'm saying. Um, what, what I'm saying there is that I think that, you know, Quetzalcoatl is... He's, he's described as being a white, large-statured, bearded, blue-eyed man that was also a creator god. And so it's, you know, it's synonymous to me. But yeah, he's described as being a white man with fair hair and blue eyes. He taught the mysteries of the heavens and the laws of mathematics and astronomy and the skills of an artisan. He, you know, like I said before, he wore a robe and carried a staff and a book and some depictions of bag, which I'll try to post as many pictures as I can with him holding these objects. And like I said earlier, it's the indigenous couldn't grow beards, guys. It's a sharp contrast to the indigenous indigenous people um, of the region who just straight up couldn't do it. So his description alone is something very interesting. How did the Inca even know that blue eyes was a possibility? I mean, I guess it's possible that um, there was some sort of... Um, you know, some, something was in the gene pool that caused maybe one or two people to have blue eyes, but it's like, I don't know, it's it's a little weird to me. But Viracocha's story begins with the earth being plunged into darkness after a catastrophic flood. Viracocha created two different races of men. He actually created giants and one similar to our size today. And he was unhappy with how the giants were acting and going upon living their lives, so he supposedly struck them down with this giant flood, causing the extinction of these giants. And here's a little bit of a deeper story here, is a large city once existed, supposedly existed on the Altiplano, which is, a, it's a large open plain, it's one of the largest uh, extensive areas uh, of high plateau on Earth, and one day, a group of Indians came and warned the inhabitants of the city that the city would be destroyed by earthquake, flood, and fire. 
So most inhabitants just kind of brushed it off, didn't really think anything of it. And they, they actually eventually had these Indians thrown out. And soon after their warning, uh, unfortunately, a red cloud appeared on the horizon and it covered the area. And its red glow actually lit the night. It eerily lit the night. With a flash and a rumble and an earthquake destroyed many of the city's buildings and a red rain poured down. Other earthquakes and more rain followed and a flood soon covered the ruined city. The water is now Lake Titicaca today. And it was then that Viracocha appeared from Lake Titicaca. So that's really how you know, Viracocha got there. So could it have been that this ancient society was once on the Altiplano and it's, it was affected by this, uh, you know, like it mentioned, sorry, my stomach's kind of rumbling. I'm a little, I'm a little hungry, but yeah. Could it have been that there was this once rich, amazing city with possible lost technology and maybe even giants, um, living on the Altiplano. And it was these, Native Americans who, I guess, warned them and they didn't take the warning, it wiped out the society. Could that be a possibility? I, I, I mean, if you look at works of Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson, Dr. Robert Schock, and their younger Dryas Impact hypothesis, it really kind of matches up. And I, I really feel like it's possible that there could have been that society. A meteor hit the fucking earth and it caused this global warm-up, which caused a massive flood and wiped out most civilizations on Earth. And yeah, that's that's essentially the whole story of Viracocha and why I'm just really interested in him because of the, you know, all, you look at all these different religions and they most, if not all of them, have some sort of flood story. Everything from, um, you know, from the Mayans to the, uh, to the Aztecs to the Incas, to uh, all the way over to Christianity. They all have a flood myth. So could it have been there was an ancient society that survived and maybe Viracocha was the last of this society? Uh, I don't know. I guess you guys give me your thoughts on that. But another interesting thing is the Inca actually claim that Viracocha made the Nazca Lines. If you're not familiar with the Nazca Lines, Go check them out, guys. I, I really would like to do a whole show on the Nazca lines. I would like to get an expert on if possible. You know what? I should try to get Brian Forrester on for that one because Brian Forrester loves the Nazca lines and he's always making videos about it. Man, I love Brian Forrester. He's such a cool guy. But yeah, um, Viracocha was said to change valleys into mountains using his tools and he was authoritative and once again, large in stature. He did miracles and as Viracocha left and left instructions, it, I'm sorry, as he left, he left instructions for the Inca on how to be a more civilized and prosperous people. And he also was said to have healed the blind and sick. He was able to lift rocks of any size as if they were cork. And he was kind, but he also knew his power and wasn't afraid to use it. In one story, to demonstrate his power to doubters, he summoned a fire in the sky, quote-unquote, which dissipated on his command using just a simple wave of his hand. So something like that, you know, with that story, very interesting. Could he have had, using these tools, was he able to summon some sort of technology? Maybe he, uh, you know, if you think about it, like in modern terms, if he had maybe the equivalent to like, I don't know, a cell phone or something, maybe that's what this 
book was. I'm totally just going off the rails here, but what if this book that he was carrying, what if they just didn't understand? And this was a type of phone, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm really getting woo-woo here, but I'm just talking out loud. And what if this, he was able to project some sort of hologram that scared these uh, Native Americans into doing what he says, you know, essentially they weren't under any danger at all. I don't know. I'm just kind of talking out loud, thinking out loud. You guys tell me your thoughts. I I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say about this, but the Inca and other civilizations took no credit for really much of anything that they did. They gave all the credit to their creator, God or Viracocha, Quetzalcoatl, whoever you want to call them. They gave all of the credit to him. And Viracocha wandered through the world, teaching men the arts of civilization. And at Manta in Ecuador, he walked westward across the Pacific, promising to return one day. But before leaving, he gave a warning to the Inca. He said, beware of false men claiming to be the returned Viracocha. So Viracocha literally told them like, hey, dude, there's going to be some guys who come here and they're going to say that they're Viracocha, but they're not. And unfortunately, that that played out just like that with the Spaniards coming out with Francisco Pizarro and Pedro Pizarro. Such a shame, you know. But yeah, it was believed that human beings were actually the second attempt at Viracocha's second attempt at creating living creatures, uh, as I mentioned earlier with the giants and uh, so on and so forth. And in these legends, all these giants, except for two, um, returned to their original stone form. He built these giants from stone and rock um, and mud. And several could be seen in much later times standing imposingly at sites such as Tiwanaku, also known as Tiwanaku, and Pukara. Um, obviously, these giants aren't really there anymore, uh, but it's, it's an interesting story. So could it have been Another interesting thing, actually, that now that I'm kind of talking about giants a little bit, is just the other day there was a discovery. Uh, I guess it wasn't really a discovery. They just kind of put out this article of it. I believe it was in 2018 that it was discovered, but it was a skull of what seemed to be a really large man. Um, I believe the species is now called Homo longi. I could be, or longi. I could, I could be totally wrong about that, but... Um, I put it on social media, though. You can check out my Facebook, and I actually put that link that Graham Hancock's been sharing around. And the beings that they discovered, these Homo sapiens, um, I guess they wouldn't be Homo sapiens, but they were large. They had very, very large heads and very large nasal cavities so that they could inhale large amounts of oxygen. And, you know, oxygen equals growth, really. The more oxygen you can take in, the bigger you can get. So yeah, it could it have been that maybe this skull that was found was part of these giants that Viracocha made? And I don't know. Once again, just thinking out loud, but you guys tell me. But yeah, Viracocha created men and women, but he used clay. And he set off to spread his civilizing knowledge around the world for this. He dressed as a beggar, and he assumed such names as Kantiki Viracocha. And yeah, he was a... In one legend, he was assisted in his travels by two sons or brothers called Im oh, geez. Ime Mana Viracocha and Tokapo Viracocha. Jeez, I don't know why I had such a hard time reading that, but 
Uh, yeah, the, the God was not always well received, despite the knowledge he imparted, sometimes even suffering stones thrown at him. And yeah, he ended up in Manta in Ecuador, and Viracocha then walked across the Pacific, heading west. So, yeah, could he have been a real person? It seems like all these civilizations kind of have a similar depiction of a, of a white god that did that. And I'm going to get into a couple more gods that have a very similar story. But before I get into them, I wanted to let you guys know there actually was technically a real Emperor Viracocha, but... Um, who died in 1438. But it's just the guy who took the god's name. His original name was Hatun Tupac Inca, and he was named Viracocha because he saw visions of the god um, in Urcos, which was a small town in eastern Peru and the capital of province Kispicanchi uh, in the region of Cusco, which was uh, a home to a small, small lake and some ruins. But yeah. Uh, Pachacuti, the son of Viracocha, was known to the Inca as Pachacuti Inca Yupancui. And Pachacutec, while his birth name was Cusi Yupanqui, I'm really trying to pronounce his names for you guys, I, I promise. But it roughly translates to the reverser of the world, or earth shaker, signifying that his achievements literally turned the world of the Inca around. And he built Machu Picchu Machu Picchu over many decades and thousands of men. Some legends say that during the construction of Machu Picchu, um, Pachacuti went down to a lake to just ponder and hang out, but he observed a shiny metal object fall from the sky into the water. And when he retrieved this object, he said it was as clear as a mirror. He could see his reflection in it, but yet it wasn't his reflection. In this reflection, he saw the creator god Viracocha, and he used this object that the, in the great battle of the Chanco, which was another tribe that they were in constant conflict with. And legend says that the rocks came to life as his army and allowed him to crush his enemies. So could it have been a lost piece of high technology that was maybe even delivered by this Viracocha? Could it have been extraterrestrial? I don't know. I honestly, to be completely honest, guys, with this story in particular, I couldn't find a ton of information on it. I really tried to dig deep on this one, but most of that story comes from ancient aliens. I know I said I don't watch ancient aliens, but they popped up on YouTube and they're talking to Viracocha. So I, of course I'm going to watch it. Um, yeah. So whether they were just totally talking out of their ass or not, I don't know. I guess you guys tell me what you think. I love hearing what you guys think. But yeah, guys, that's that's everything on Viracocha that I have so far. I want to talk a little bit about the god Quetzalcoatl from the Aztec culture and the kind of similarities and between him and Viracocha. So and differences, because there are a couple slight differences. Slight. So Quetzalcoatl means plumbed serpent or feathered serpent, and he was the god of peace, bringer of civilization, and he was a teacher, one legend says. He was arguably the most important god of Mesoamerica. Just this feathered serpent was so prevalent throughout South America. I would like to do a whole episode specifically on the feathered serpent. Not really, you know, any particular society, but just the feathered serpent and why he's so prevalent. But yeah, he was a myth, but believed to have been a real person due to depictions and the descriptions. 
but he taught the Olmecs how to cook from fire and build proper shelter and homes. And he taught peace. And when talking about war, he would actually block out his ears. He would cover his ears with his hands like he doesn't want to hear it. And you guys notice I mentioned uh, the Olmecs a second ago. So I won't, just a quick tangent, very quick tangent, is did you know that before the Aztecs, there was a civilization called the Toltecs? And before the Toltecs, there was the Olmecs. And the only remnants we have of the Olmecs are these giant stone heads that have uh, helmets on them. They're just heads, but they're giant, uh, multiple tons. So that, that's a very interesting thing is that even the Aztecs, you know, they we don't know much about these Olmec civilization, but according to the Aztecs, they were real and they existed and they built some structures. But anyways, kind of a tangent there, but as the story goes, the Aztecs were believed, um, it, they believed in a white bearded God named Quetzalcoatl who long ago had disappeared into the East. And before he left, he promised to return. When Hernan Cortez and his crew of Spaniards came ashore in Mexico in 1519, Many thought they were gods. So same thing. Viracocha warning of, um, or I'm sorry, Quetzalcoatl warning of false prophets, essentially. And Quetzalcoatl was, uh, I'm going to get into a little bit of his description, who he was as a person here. And Quetzalcoatl was a bearded white man with fair hair and blue eyes. He brought superior knowledge to the Maya and he taught them the mysteries of the heavens, the laws of mathematics and astronomy, and the skills of an artisan. See, it's all the same stuff, guys. It's literally the same stuff. Uh, he taught them how to build their pyramids and palaces of stone. Above all else, he taught them wisdom. And that purification would come through sacrifice. And that immortality awaited the souls of the pure. So he was a little bit more of an angry guy, I guess you could say. Uh, as in he was okay with sacrifices, but I think Viracocha was okay with sacrifices. Now I'm thinking about it, but yeah, he was a little bit more of a firm guy, but he was really the same depiction, but he was the God of learning, science, agriculture, crafts, and the arts. He also invented the calendar and was identified with the morning star Venus. Uh, the morning, the rising morning star, I'm sorry. He identified with the morning star Venus, the rising morning star. Jeez, I don't know where the hell I was going with my notes there. But he was associated sometimes with opossums and he even discovered corn, which is really cool, with the help of a supposed giant red ant that led him to a mountain packed full of grain and seeds. So I don't know about that last bit, but it's a little bit interesting, I guess. And he was known as Kukukan to the Maya, Kukumats to the Quiche of Guatemala, and Ehecatl to the Gulf Coast Quastics. And they say when he died, he became the Morning Star Venus, and he walked in turn among the Olmecs, the Teotihuacans, the Maya, Toltec, and Aztecs, and they called him Quetzalcoatl, the feathered snake, god of goodness and wisdom. So, guys, I mean, that literally was the story of Viracocha, but it's just different. And, I mean, the fact that Viracocha supposedly left and was going to teach all these different civilizations. And then boom, Quetzalcoatl pops up. Boom, Ihecatl pops up. Boom, Gukumats pops up. Hmm, very weird. And yeah, it's quite incredibly the, the human nature of Quetzalcoatl influenced the later Toltec rulers so much that they might have even uh, venerated and equated Quetzalcoatl to a king. 
and a loose confederacy of royal families from across Mexico embraced Quetzalcoatl as their patron deity and dynastic founder, united by a cult. So, yeah, that's that's really all of Quetzalcoatl. But in addition uh, his to his guise as a plumbed serpent, he was obviously represented as a man with a beard and a human manifestation of the serpent, Ihekatel, the god of wind. And he was shown with a mask with uh, two protruding tubes through which he blew wind. And before I get into the Ihekatel a little bit, some Mormons actually believe that um, Viracocha or Quetzalcoatl was actually Jesus Christ. And that's why he was able to heal the blind, perform miracles, walk on water, stuff like that. Um, he was described as a white bearded man. So, I mean, I don't know a ton about the Mormon faith. I'm not going to bash them or anything like that, but I, they, I mean, they think that Jesus Christ was an American essentially. And that's, that's not, I, I'm sorry guys, but I really have a hard time following that. And just the, the Latter-day Saints in general, I have a hard time following, but yeah, there are some Mormons arguments is that Viracocha was Jesus Christ, but uh, I don't know. That's, that's really stretching it in my opinion. Uh, so some more on Ihekatel is just a little bit is that he helped with the creation of man and he was the manifestation of a feathered serpent. He was, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to read through this because it's all the same description. guys. It's the same white guy, beard, the whole shebang. And then same thing with Gukumats, with the quiche. He's the creator god. He created all animals. Also the god of wind and rain depicted as a feathered serpent or in human form as a bearded white man. And he was considered to be the equivalent to Quetzalcoatl. And uh, yeah, he created humans with some other gods too. So yeah, that's, that's the entire show for today, guys. That's everything I had to cover. I wanted to just teach you guys a little bit about Viracocha. Um, I know I read a lot from notes, but I just wanted to make sure I wasn't forgetting anything and that I wasn't leaving you guys out. But I know for a fact that I, I, you know, there were some things that I didn't cover that I definitely would like to cover in a future show. Maybe I can do a part two on this and maybe have an expert on about it. Um, Graham Hancock, come on my show and talk about Viracocha. But <laughs> so yeah, guys, that's the whole show for today. I really hope that you enjoyed the topic of Viracocha. I love talking about this stuff and I, I can't wait to do more shows in the future about these types of myths and, and legends and whether they are true or not, because you know, it's for me, Viracocha is different because he's depicted as being just so human, but yet he just is carrying around this technology that he's able to do these miracles with. He himself is not powerful, um, at least is what it seemed. It seems like he is doing it with the help of this technology that he's carrying around. So who was Viracocha? Was he real? Was he just a straight up myth? I don't, I don't know, guys. You tell me, but... For now, guys, that's going to be the whole episode. I appreciate you guys for listening. It, you really have no idea how much it means to me. Um, so make sure to follow me on all my social media, which I'll make sure to link in the description. I'll try to post as many pictures related to Viracocha, Quetzalcoatl, Gukumats, whatever the hell you want to call them. I'll put as many pictures and videos related to that all over social media. And make sure to check out UFO No as well, because I had an awesome show with them and I plan on going on again, maybe talking a little bit more about uh, these ancient civilizations that I, I love to study um, since we kind of just bullshit for, for an hour or two, but I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I had an awesome time and I loved it. I, I would do that exact same show again, but 
yeah, just go give UFO No some love. They really work hard on their stuff. And man, they have some good content out there. But with that, guys, once again, I appreciate you for listening. And you remember the saying, you got to question everything. See you guys.